Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show on how to work while traveling the world with my special guest, Shika, otherwise known as, or more popularly known as, Boom Shika, and I love that name, love her, you know, her, um, her take on everything that she's about to share with you. So you are definitely in for a treat today. I'm Shosa Sebastian, a coach, speaker, Forbes and Huffington Post contributor, and the co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe, Women's Retreats. I'm a certified career success coach for ambitious women, and I hold my certification through the International Coaching Federation. My passion is helping women love or leave their jobs so they wake up excited and energized every morning. You can find out more information on me and what I do on my website at charissasebastian.com. So let's get into today's discussion sponsored by audible.com. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have the freedom to work from anywhere or even how to do that? If so, this show is for you. My special guest goes by the cool name of Boom Shaka and is a self-proclaimed wanderluster, digital nomad, and spiritual hippie. She has not only created this incredible lifestyle for herself, but she has also helped others to do the same. Shaka, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on this show. Sorry, Sharisa. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm so excited. And me, together with a lot of other people, are very excited that you're on the show today and we're ready to learn from you. So would you like to take a few moments to introduce yourself? I'd love that. Uh, So, I mean, you've basically introduced me perfectly. I just wanted to add on that I do pretty much the same thing as you. I'm, I'm helping people live a more fulfilling life, but in a more digital nomad style. So if they want to quit their job, start their online business, and then travel around the world while they do that. That's how I'd help them to do it. Uh, so a lot of individuals who are, I think a lot of the people I coach are millennial generation, but, you know, different generations all over. And so mm-hmm. I'm so excited to speak a little bit more about this to all of your listeners because I'm so passionate about this. I love, love talking about this. And I know that, you know, if I can just help one more person do this and free themselves, mm-hmm. it'll be worth it for me. Oh, and I can definitely sense the passion in your voice. So I'm so excited to have someone with your energy and your experience and your skills on the show. So thank you again. And also, you're coming to us from Thailand, so there's quite a big time difference. So thank you so much for adjusting your schedule and being here today. And that's not a, not a big deal at all. Uh, you know, it's only 9 a.m. here, so it's not that, that much of a 
time difference. Okay, well, I'm glad that worked out. So I know there's, um, there's people, you know, on the line that are just ready to get all of this incredible knowledge and hear more about your experience. So what I want to do is just invite our listeners to call in with any comments or questions. And the number to call is 646-716-9397. Again, that number is 646-716-9397. So with that, let's jump right in. So, Shaka, I know I have a little bit about, uh, you know, background on you and your um, and this incredible adventure that you're on, but can you share a little bit with our listeners about your background and how you got to do this, um, you know, this incredible or live this incredible lifestyle that you live and now to have this passion to be able to give back and help others? I actually started off as an absolute fluke in this uh, online business that I am in right now doing coaching. So my background is I have a Bachelor's of Science in Kinesiology, so I actually wanted to become a doctor, which didn't work out because I got rejected from med school. Awesome. And <laughs> I, I have a Master's in uh, Business. So I have an MBA, and I, I was specialized in marketing. So I've been marketing manager for the last seven or eight years in the corporate world. And I did that happily. I was loving my jobs. I loved uh, all the different things I did. I was being creative, and I was, I think, utilizing my skills and passion. But I realized over time that it was just too much of a trap in that the more I worked, the more they wanted me to work. The more I contributed, the more they wanted to me to contribute. And they were never satisfied. It felt like I would always be burning myself out to work for them and I would never get enough, you know, return on it. Uh, even if it was just, you know, it was just a, not a monetary compensation, but even just saying, you know, you're doing a good job. I never really heard those words from the people that I was working with and working for. So I realized that if I really, really, really wanted to free myself and if I wanted to have the freedom that I'm always looking to have time-wise, location-wise, you know, monetary-wise, I really, really had to start my own business. It was just the only way to do it. Entrepreneurship was the only source of freedom for me at that point that I imagined. And so last year, I realized that that was the thing and I decided, okay, I'm going to quit my job. Even though I didn't have, I wasn't making any money from my online business yet. I had started, you know, I had my website. I had all the different things I was doing, but I wasn't making any money. But I knew that I would always be in that trap of, oh, I, if, I, if I was making $500 a month, then I'll quit. Oh, if I was making $1,000 a month, I'll quit. People always do that, and they keep on postponing their quit date uh, because they're always right. afraid that they don't have enough. And so I didn't want to mm-hmm. live in that scarcity mindset. So I decided as soon as I can, I'll quit. And so March of this year, I quit my 9 to 5. And I was in Toronto for a few months, and I decided then to move to Thailand. And I'm here in Chiang Mai, which I love, 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 and I'm so excited to share with you guys. Oh, that is fantastic. What an incredible journey that you've had. So tell us a little bit about your online business. Is this, when, you, when you talk about your business, is this the coaching aspect? And so if that's the case, then what made you decide to move away from maybe doing an online marketing and you know, working remotely in, your, in the marketing field versus the work that you're doing right now? That's a really good question, actually. And I actually thought about it myself a, a few times because as a marketing consulting, uh, consultant, sorry, uh, which, which is what I would be able to do right now, I'd be make, able to make a lot more money because um, mm-hmm. you'd be paid in U.S. dollars and, you know, uh, there's a lot of demand for it. And so that is a question that I ask every person that I coach as well. What is your priority in life? Is it money? Then if it is money, then do the things that are going to bring you a lot of money. 
But most people end up yeah. saying their priority is something else. For me, my priority is time, freedom, and location, independence. So those are two priorities for me, and everything I do is looked at through those two lenses. So I'm looking mm. at it, and if I became a marketing consultant, I would not have time freedom because I would be a consultant. I'd be on call all the time. People would be able to call my cell phone. They'd be able to message me all the time. Um, I'd have to work around the clock to deal with all the different clients and their needs. That is not time freedom to me. That's actually going back deeper into the rat race. That's going back deeper into the rabbit hole, you know. So that's not freedom. Mm-hmm. So in my case, and but that's different for different people. So for me, I was looking at my life and the way I wanted to set it up, I wanted to engineer it in a way that was suitable to my needs and my passions. And I could have gone that route, obviously, and I'd be making enough money to live anywhere in the world. But I went this route, which is coaching, doing workshops, doing retreats, doing, uh, writing books, you know, doing video courses online, all of that, which is more according to my own schedule. So I can get up whenever I want, get up in the middle of the night if I get an idea, work on it and go back to sleep, get up again, go to yoga, do a little bit of work, go to a workshop, you know, go to yoga again, whatever it might be. Like I'm setting up my life the way I want to do it. And so this really allows me to engineer my life in the way I like, which is having time, freedom and location independence. Oh, I love the way you put that. And it makes it just so crystal clear when you were talking about making decisions through that lens or making sure that whatever you do lines up with those two things that are the most important to you and really those things that you value um, above, say, the financial aspect of it. So the time freedom and the location independence. And I think just that alone, just that lesson um, to kind of help people to navigate the space of how to make those tough decisions is so valuable to be able to sit down and say, okay, what is truly important? What are my priorities? What are those things that are, are you know, what are my values? And then making decisions mm-hmm. and navigating from that space versus this complete overwhelm of, oh, yeah, I really want to do this, but there's all these other things that are pulling, you know, pulling mm-hmm. at me and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I love the way you just frame that so beautifully and you made it, like, so simple and straightforward. Like, no, if it doesn't align with these two things and, you know, those two things being my top priority, then it's probably not a good fit for me. That's absolutely it. So tell me about your, your passion, and where does this passion come, you know, come from with the particular work that you're doing, so helping other, other people and coaching and workshops and all of those other things? I've, it's such a good question that you asked that because I've been asking myself as well because I talk to a lot of people every single day, and they always tell me, you know, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And it's really interesting to me because there's so many things that I'm passionate about that I sometimes have a hard time. I'm actually like drawn into shiny object syndrome. I always have to pull myself back and say, no, you need to stop looking at all the different things you want to do and just focus. So I really, really have to stop myself. So I think what's going on here is that people have a misconception of what passion truly is. And I think they, I think most people are passionate about, everyone is passionate about something. They just don't think that it's going to make them money. And that's why they don't care about it as much as they might be caring about their daytime job. So most people have this misconception. I mean, you could be passionate about comic books, but they don't really consider it a real passion because they think that it's not going to make them money. That's not the point of it. Passion is not always about making money out of it. Passion is about passion, you know, using your free time or whatever time you have to do the things that you love to do that you would do no matter if you were paid for it or not. And that's what I do with the things that I do. I, I love learning about all these different things, creativity, spirituality, you know, space-time continuum, quantum theory, all of those things. I love reading about mm-hmm. it, and I would read it even if I wasn't paid for it. So I spent right. all of my free time doing it 
luckily enough, I found a way to coach people. And, you know, obviously I'm very passionate about digital nomading because I, I want people to be freer. And so I talk about it all the time. Anyways, I'll go to lunches and I'll just start spilling all of the stuff about things, all the things that I talk about with people around me just because I love talking about it. And so fortunately, like I said, I have found a way that people actually want to pay me for my services so I can help them be free like I am. And I'm so mm-hmm. lucky that way. But I know that I actually, I don't want to use the word lucky all the time because I did engineer it that way. I've been talking about it for a while. I've been learning about it. I've been passionate about it. And I, I've actually engineered it in a way so then I'm actually getting paid for it now. But it wasn't, you know, I just started one day and I got up and I'm like, I'm going to get paid for it tomorrow. It took a few months, it took almost a year to make this happen. And this constant work. So I was working while I was in a full-time job and now I'm working I work a lot. I mean, I do have a lot of free time, but I do love what I do. So I don't really consider work, but I do get up at 7 a.m. in the morning and I work until 7 p.m. some days. So, but I love it, uh, but I actually, I am working at it. So it's not just, you know, it just happened to me. And so I tell everyone, right. if you're passionate about something, don't worry about the end result. Don't worry about where the money's going to come from. Focus on the process. Focus on the journey, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, and leave the end result and the money all that stuff to the universe or whoever your you know, spirit guide is. Just leave it up to them. Yeah. They'll take care of that. You just enjoy the life that you have right now. Just enjoy the process. And the more you enjoy it, the more the benefits are going to come towards you. It just happens that way. I hope that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and I totally believe that for sure. And there's a couple of things that you mentioned I think that are so important to – well, everything you mentioned really, but there's two things that really jumped out to me that – I think are so important to highlight. And the one thing that you mentioned about the intentionality, the fact that you didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'll just do this. And then, you know, but just being so intentional and so um, clear and so driven by um, defining and engineering, like you said, what it is that you truly want. And then just putting in that work. And well, like you said, it's not really work when you feel so passionate about it and when you love what you do, but really to be intentional and then to follow through with the action, knowing that, you know, you, no one knows, right, exactly how things are going to turn out. But when you love what you do and when you're aligned with that passion, not only I think is it easier for you to do what you have to do, but people get attracted to you, right? Like you said, now you, you get paid for what you do um, because people really mm-hmm. are attracted to that kind of energy. So I think no matter what you do, even if you're working, um, you know, a regular uh, nine-to-five, or it doesn't matter what you're doing, but if you're aligned with something that really drives you and that you're passionate about, you're going to become like a magnet to all of these great opportunities to other people, and it's just going to really elevate you um, and, and what you want. But it is important to set that intention, be really clear about what it is you want, how you want your life to, um, to look, you know, to what, what you want it to look like, and just mm-hmm. no more excuses, right? No more excuses and just go for yeah. it. Absolutely, yeah. oh, I absolutely. I, I love how you put that, the, a magnet. That's exactly how I want people to visualize it. You want to become a pulling of, in of a person. You don't want to be pushing and grasping and, and you know, becoming obsessive about things. Like, you want to make it easy for yourself. Effortlessness is what I use the word to be. But a magnet is yeah. perfect. You just become a magnet. Pull it towards it. Pulling is easier than pushing. And you want to make it easy for yourself because you don't want to burn out. It's very easy to burn out in these oh, businesses. Yeah especially if you're doing it all. So. Yeah, I mean, especially being an entrepreneur, and it's not an easy road. So it's really important that you are so aligned with that passion and you're so clear on what it is that you want. And then, of course, in the interim, you're enjoying the journey and you're putting in the effort that needs to be, you know, that you need to put in without, like you said, without burning out to get to wherever it is yeah. that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Love that. 
So I'm going to go back to some technicality for a moment <laughs> to ask you about just the yeah. terms digital nomad or wanderluster. So how do you define those terms, and are they the same thing, or are they different? They're completely different. So a digital nomad, DNs is the, the term that most people use for themselves. They're individuals who can work from anywhere in the world as long as there's an internet connection and a laptop. So basically mm-hmm. they are uh, working online on businesses or they're social media consultants or they're working for, uh, for maybe nine to five jobs, but they actually told them that they want to work from anywhere in the world. So they left their home country and then they just work on their laptops. Uh, because of the advent of the internet, I mean, you guys are, I'm sure, aware of it. You know, it's literally easy to work from anywhere in the world as long as you have a good internet connection. And nowadays, every country almost has a really, really good internet connection. Fiber optics and yeah. all that stuff is becoming so popular. So the digital nomad is one that makes their money online so they can work from anywhere in the world. And they do that by moving around countries. You know, they might, they might live in one country for the rest of their life. They might move to Chiang Mai and they live there forever. Or they live there for six months and then they move to Bali for six months and then they move to Budapest for six months. You know, they'll move around a little bit. Or they move around every week. They, they might stay here for a week and then there for a week, so they're always moving around. So it depends on, and that's the, the reason I love DN ship is because you can make it what you wanted to make it. You know, you, you are the creator. You are the engineer. If you want to move around all the time, move around all the time. There is nothing saying that, you know, a DN stays in one place for six months, so you have to do it that way. We are creating our lives the way we want to create it. So for me, it meant moving to Chiang Mai and staying there for six months. That's what it meant for me, and doing little trips here and there in Asia. So that's what it meant for me. And at first, I was thinking to myself, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing it this way. Maybe I shouldn't be moving around more because I have the freedom. But when you start getting into that comparison trap, then it's, it's just it's a trap. You know, you're going to just kill yourself with that. So a DN is that. A wanderluster is just a person who travels a lot. So what they, will, they might do is that they'll work for a couple of years at a nine-to-five, and then they'll save up a bunch of money, and then they'll quit, and then they'll just travel for a year or two based on with that money that they saved up. So a wanderluster necessarily does not work online while they travel. They just travel. The, the main aspect of a wanderluster is travel. main aspect of DN yes. is travel plus work. So I hope that makes sense. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense. That really does. Okay. So I'm just curious about your move to Chiang Mai. So um, what made you decide on Chiang Mai? Because obviously, like you said, you know, the world is really your oyster. You could have picked anywhere yes. um, to, be, to, to travel to and to live there for a while. So what made you decide on Chiang Mai and then also that six-month period? Yeah. Um, so I actually researched three main hubs. So as a new DN, I want to start researching, and I did a bit of research, and you'll figure out that there are three main hubs. I mean, there's a lot of different countries that DNs choose based on Internet connections and communities, et cetera. Weather is a lot. is one of the main priorities, especially because, you know, we're always moving from a cold climate to a warm one. But oh, yes. there's three places that I looked at specifically uh, for my DN-ship, <laughs> and that was Chiang Mai, Thailand. Budapest, Hungary, and Medellin, Colombia. Those are the three spots that I was potentially going to move into. And I researched between all three of them, and I you know, did my, my due diligence, and I realized that the best spot for me as a newcomer, as a new DN, would be Chiang Mai. Because not only is Chiang Mai really, really, really easy to move into, so they really make it easy to move here. You know, There's lots of spaces here. Uh, there's a big, big community of DNs here, so you can meet people really easily. 
they're really giving. So there's a bunch of Facebook groups you can join and you can ask a billion questions and they'll answer all of them really, really nicely. And so before I even moved to Chiang Mai, I had all the information I needed on where to move, how to get water delivered, how to get my internet, what internet connection to get, all of that. I had all of this information right in my hands even before I moved. So that's the power of this community here. They're so giving and kind. And there's so many of them because it's one of the primary hubs for DN. So it's a very easy place to move to. Obviously, the weather is beautiful. It's not really, really hot. It's actually wintertime here right now. So I say wintertime. It doesn't mean like it's minus 10. I mean, the temperature right now is 20 degrees, and it's going to go up to 25 probably. But it's still really, really nice compared to where some of the places where it gets really hot. Um, yeah. So I like that about it. It's very close to a, a primary hub, Bangkok. So for me, I love to travel. And so I've, I've actually made it so that I, I, I work for three weeks and I travel for a week. So every month I, I switch around that way. So I'm going to Korea this month. Next month I'll be going to uh, India, things like that. And because it's very close to Bangkok, which is a main hub, flight prices are really, really cheap. So I can go travel to all these places for $300 or less, which is amazing. Uh, compared to where I was in Canada, where it would be $2,000 to travel anywhere, right? So that's a major, mm-hmm. major point for me. And again, I guess the community is great, cheap, really, really, really cheap to live here. Internet connections are awesome. Electricity never goes down. A lot of places that you've moved to, electricity goes up and down. So they'll have points where they'll switch off the electricity for a while just because they want to conserve it. Here, they never switch it off. So they make sure that, you know, I don't know how they do it. They have a really good infrastructure, I guess. But I've never had the I've never had blackouts here, so I always have a good, powerful internet connection. Um, so all of these reasons, I looked into it, and uh, Chiang Mai seemed the best space for it. Also, a beach is just a hundred, two hundred dollar flight away. So if you, because I live in the mountains right now, if you really want to go to the beach, you can just hop on a flight and go away for a weekend or two, and you know just come back whenever you want. So even when you move to the beach, there's a lot of co-living, co-working spaces there that you can go off to so you can work and have a good internet connection there as well. So you're never really away from what you need to do, which is your work. Because the work is a priority, right? You have to make the money in order to do all of these things. And for DNs, right. that's a priority. They need a good internet connection. No matter what happens around the world, they're going to be still plugging away on their computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that you mentioned all of those things because those are the um, it sounds like those are the critical things that people need to take into consideration when making the move. Like you talked about the weather, the internet connection, you know, your ability to travel if that's important to to somebody making that big move. Um, there's so many things that go into picking the location, the environment, the you know, the culture, the people, the food. I mean, just there's a lot that goes into it. So yes. thank you so much for kind of breaking that down, um, and also mentioning the group because I think that's such a big aspect of it to be able to get as much information as possible from people that have gone ahead of you and who already, you know, have figured things out and are able to help you and kind of welcome you into that space as well. So, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's really fantastic that they, ha- you know, that there's groups out there that you can plug into to help you um, even just make the decision of whether or not that's the right place to, to move to. Yes. And every single hub has Facebook groups associated with each country. So Chiang Mai has one, Budapest will have one, Medellin has one. Croatia has one. So each country that you decide to move into, you can just join these groups. And they're a great source. I mean, obviously, they're blogs and all that stuff. But just talking to a person straight up, a lot of times people will message me on these groups and be like, can I just have a coffee with you? I just want to get some information. I'll buy you coffee. I'll buy you dinner. And I always say yes, because I know how it is to come to a new country and have no idea what the hell is going on. So I want to go in and I help 
I go to these lunches at least once a week and I'm just helping people because I want to make sure that they're comfortable. And this is the kind of community that we live in here. It's a very giving, kind, generous community. Oh, that's fantastic. Would you mind sharing that group for people who are interested in actually moving to Chiang Mai? Is it an of open course. group so it's anyone really can join? really simple. Yeah, anyone can join. You just have to apply to, uh, to the group and someone will accept you. And it's the Chiang Mai Digital Nomads Group. Very simple. You just search for that on Facebook and you'll be able to join immediately. And as soon as you join that group, you can actually get into other groups as well. So there's very specific groups. If you're an audio video person, there's a specific group for you. If you like Tantra Yoga, there's a specific group for you. If you like watercolor, there's a specific group for you. So there's a billion groups within the umbrella of Chiang Mai Digital Nomads. Once you get wow. in the first one, though, you'll be able to kind of move into all of these different ones. Okay. Oh, that's really good to know. I might be joining you very soon, Shrika. We might be sitting down and having coffee Yay. to talk about this. Because awesome. that sounds amazing. I, it, I mean, that's really, that's always been kind of the next step for me anyway. So this is fascinating to me. And I know it's it's really helpful to so many people who really want to know the nuts and bolts of how you actually mm-hmm. do this. And you're really making it just so simple for us. And so thank you so much for laying it out and being so open to share so much of this. Um, I know we talked about this a little oh. bit before on air that not everyone is so you know so generous with their time and willing to just be open about the whole process and the ins and outs and the good and the bad and all of it so I appreciate that oh I'm, I'm so happy to do this I'm more than happy to I mean I don't consider this uh, you know being generous I think this is what we need we all need to do we need to give our the information knowledge we have so other people can benefit from it there's no point that's sitting in my head I want to give it away I want people to benefit from it. If one more person can move to Chiang Mai because of my help, I'll be more than happy about that. Okay, well, maybe then you can be probably you. be very happy. It <laughs> sounds like I'm one step closer to moving to Chiang Mai. <laughs> oh, that's, and I, I lived in Malaysia for three years, and I really missed, and I know it's not exactly the same, but I missed the, you know, that culture, and I, I stayed in, in Thailand for a little while too, um, not in Chiang Mai. Um, but I was in, in Koh Samui. So, yeah, this would be, for me, this would be almost like a no-brainer because I just love, love, love um, being in that part of the world. So, oh, yeah, thank you for showing that. So how did you, or how long, rather, did it take you to really create this lifestyle? So from the point in time where you had this thought, you, you know, you're working in, um, in Canada and you're doing your, your marketing and all of those things, and from the time you had this idea that, oh, you know what, I, I think I could really make this work, from that point when you made that decision to the time where you actually started to live the lifestyle, about how long did that take? I would say at a rough estimate, it took me about a year to get to this point. Um, a lot of the beginning process was just uh, unblocking myself, so creating the kind of mindset that would allow me to live this life. Because most of us are capable of living this life physically and monetarily, it's the mindset that we have to get over in order to actually live this life because it is the blocks that we have to get over in order to do the things that we need to do. I could have done this a long time ago, but I had all of these blocks that said, you are not good enough. You're not worthy of this kind of lifestyle. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, you can't create a brilliant life, online business. No one is going to listen to you. You're an imposter. Why would anyone care about what you have to say? All those things that come up, you know, everyone has these thoughts in their heads. And now that I'm more aware of them, I realize, you know, they're all false. They're absolutely false. People actually want to hear the things I have to say because I have something to contribute to the world and I have something to share, obviously. But 
I, I feel more confident in it, and I've been able to create this lifestyle just because of the fact that I've switched my mindset. And I would say that if you guys are working on anything at all related to online business, first of all, the most important thing you need to do is work on your mindset. You need to work on your blocks. You need to write all that stuff down, get it out of you, and realize all of it is just BS. It is not true. It is absolutely over mm-hmm. that. Then you'll be able to create a lifestyle, no problem. So I would say that the first six months of that, that year was spent in mindset creation. So I wanted to work on it. I read a billion self-help books. I worked on affirmations, visualization. I meditated a lot. Um, I exercised. I did yoga. I spoke to a lot of DNs. I asked them what they did. I, I just kind of immersed myself in that. So I realized if they can do it, and these are just people like me. You know, I had to put them on a pedestal. I thought that, oh, she's awesome. She is amazing. She's better than me. And I spoke to her, and I realized, oh, she's just like me. I'm, she's exactly like me. So once I stopped putting them on a pedestal, and I don't know if you guys are doing that with the DNs you know in your life, but stop doing that. They're all normal people. They did exactly the same thing as you. They have all the same fears and, and inhibitions as you. They're just doing the stuff that they need to do in order to get ahead, whereas you're be, being stuck behind those fears. You're, not let, you're letting them overpower you. So once I realized that, as soon as I realized that, I just started. So I I created my website. I created my brand, The Millionaire Hippie. I started working on myself. I started putting myself out there. I started sharing my knowledge. And the more I shared, the more positive feedback I got, the more I realized I have more to share. I learned a lot in the process. And then um, as the universe works, synchronicity happened, and people started coming into my life telling me that I needed to move to Chiang Mai. I started meeting all these individuals who were living in Chiang Mai telling me, you need to move here. You're going to love it here. And as soon as that happened, I realized that was the next step in the evolution for me. And I told my parents, uh, and I moved. And that's where I am here. I'm here. I'm doing my stuff. I'm doing workshops. I'm just living the most amazing, brilliant, light-filled life right now. And I just want to share that with all of you guys. Oh, and I can tell. Like, just your level of energy when you talk about these things that, that you are so passionate about and that you love so much. It just really comes across. It really exudes. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you were able to actually create this lifestyle and get to Chiang Mai and still do your workshops and do those things and attract the people that, you know, I meant to really learn from you. Um, so yeah, that's, that is just a, a beautiful thing. Um, so tell me about maybe your most memorable experiences as a digital nomad. That's an amazing question. I just, it's so interesting when you first asked me that. I'm like, oh, all of it has been memorable. <laughs> but <laughs> if you had to put, pick one specific aspect of it, um, I would have to say, and this is something that is, um, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of it, King of Thailand just passed away. Uh, he's been a monarch for the last 70 years. And it was a very sad thing for the people here. And sad for us as well. He was a great person. He was, you know, the DNs really thank him for he, because he's the one who actually created this world for us to live in. Um, mm. And for me to be, I just, I think it's absolutely amazing for me to be alive and in Chiang Mai at this point in time when such a monumental event took place for the people here is absolutely astounding. I mean, I could have moved here last year, I could have moved here next year, but I moved here right now in this moment in time. And I think it's because I was meant to experience Chiang Mai with all of this stuff going on here. You know, there's a lot of changes that happened, not necessarily bad changes. I would never say bad, actually. It's all interesting. So there's a lot of things that happened here. Everyone's wearing black, you know, they're all, all in mourning. Um, there's a lot of um, uh, ceremonies that happened for him. And so just to be a part of all of that stuff, it was just really, really interesting to me because I was able to experience Chiang Mai in a deeper way than 
uh, you know, I might have if this hadn't happened. Um, and I'm so grateful that I got to see the power that this individual had to change the lives of these individuals in Chiang Mai. You know, the monarch, he, the king, he was amazing. He was a great figure. And I'm so grateful that I got to experience Thailand here at this point in time, when I could have been here, like I said, at any point in time. And so the memorable event is just being here on that specific day when he did pass away, just seeing all the, the, the sadness and all the people crying and all that, just being around all of that emotion, all of that, just, I don't know how to explain it, but it was just such a great experience. It was basically like a father had died for them and that's mm. how sad they were. And I just found it so powerful and so moving. Um, and so I'm so grateful that I got to experience that here. Uh, I don't know if anyone's planning to move to Chiang Mai at all right in the next month or so, but I do recommend if you do that, you bring a lot of black clothing because they are still in mourning and you are expected to wear black as much as possible. Oh, that's very interesting. And then actually, mm-hmm. you know, talking about like culture and just knowing all of those kind of nuances and what, you know, what to expect and what, what is um, kind of proper, you know, um, etiquette and things like that. Um, and even language is such a, a lot of times that's a big barrier for people because when they mm. think about being, you know, a digital, digital nomad and selecting the place that they want to live, sometimes just the, the language itself can be a huge deterrent. Um, so how did you overcome that? I mean, do you even speak the language? Or if not, how did you kind of um, work through that in your decision to move there? And that's one of the reasons Chiang Mai is a brilliant place for DNs because everyone speaks English here. I mean, obviously, if oh, you great. go to uh, faraway places or you go to, like, little street alleys where there are old grandmothers sitting there, you're going to have to do a lot of hand gesturing to communicate, which is totally fine. It's fun. But mm-hmm. most people here will speak English, and they speak English better than most Americans or Canadians, so I think that they're brilliant. They speak three or four languages usually. Some of them speak German, French, English, and, and their local language. Um, so they're really, really, really diligent individuals here. They will find someone who speaks English if you are having a hard time communicating. They will call someone. I've had people who were in a taxi and they couldn't figure out where to go, and they called their brother who speaks English, and then they gave the phone to the person, like, okay, where do you want to go? So <laughs> it always works out. You have nothing to worry about. These people are so kind, so willing to help. And it's not just here. If you go anywhere in the world, people want to help other people. If they see that you're in distress or if you need help, they will find someone. Someone who speaks English. I've been to villages in India where the only person, there was one person who spoke English in the whole village, and they found that person for me, and they brought him over. I mean, I spoke Hindi, but um, that village only spoke a specific dialect, and they could not understand me. And they found the person who spoke English, spoke English to me. So you have nothing to worry about. I think we kind of create all these nonsensical barriers that we think that, oh, these people are, you know, I don't know what, they, what you guys think of them, but they are English-speaking individuals. They've all gone to schools and spoken English. And if they don't speak English, like I said, they'll find someone. So that is not a barrier at all. I do recommend, though, that you learn a few words, learn how to say the numbers from 1 to 10, learn how to say thank you and you're welcome and please and hello. These are just the basics. And they will be so grateful if you can just say hello to them, if you can just say sawajika or whatever it might be. And they will yeah. just, like, you know, you just, they feel more grateful to you for having the patience to learn the language. So do that for them. You know, it'll, it'll be good okay. for you. Yeah, and that's just a simple sign of respect as well. You know, you're in their country, and just to be able to say even just one word that that shows that you're being respectful of their culture, I think, goes a long way as well. Yeah, that's a great I, point. I, I totally agree. So what have been your favorite places to travel, and how long do you typically stay in one place? I think you said that you're planning on staying in Chiang Mai for six months and then traveling once a month. Is that right? 
Yes, that is correct. Okay. So, so did you map out your travel like, plan in advance and decide where to go, and how did you, you know, how do you decide where to travel to? I never map out anything in advance, and I recommend that no one really maps out anything in advance because you have no idea how things are going to turn out. I absolutely tell you, tell everyone, just, I'm not saying fly by the seat of your pants. I mean, do a little bit of planning, but literally do not plan all your flights and plane tickets and all that stuff. There is no point in doing that. The airline tickets are cheap enough that you can buy them very late and still get a, a really good deal. There's always good deals going around, so I don't recommend that at all. For me, like I said, this is the plan that I had, that I would move to Chiang Mai for six months. And I decided on six months is because as soon as, and this is one thing that I should mention, as soon as February, March hits in all of these Asian countries, burning season starts, which is where they burn all the crops. They don't have technology that they can just use like the American and Canadian countries do. So, you know, they don't have technology that can use to remove all the crops from the fields. So what they do is they use the, the simplest form, which is burning all the crops and then restarting again. What happens with that, though, is because there's so many people burning, the air becomes absolutely polluted and smog-filled and smoke-filled. It's hard to breathe, and basically the city is empty out at that point. And most people move from Chiang Mai and Bangkok, and they move to uh, the islands, or they'll move somewhere else. So if you are planning to come here, do not come here in February, March, or April. Those are the months where everything just, you it's just not, not a fun place to be here because it's hard to breathe. People do live here there, but then, but... You have to get used to it, really. So anyway, so I decided six months so that I would be out by the time burning season starts and uh, I would, you know, have enough time here that I'd be able to build a community, build all my different workshops that I'm doing, meet a lot of people, build some masterminds, maybe learn from all the DNs, et cetera. But like I said, I was, I'm planning to. What I do is because I, I do want to travel to all the different amazing Asian countries around here. I want to eat a lot of different foods because I'm a major foodie. And so I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to work like a crazy fiend for the first three weeks of a month and then, and then travel for the last week. So that's how I've been planning it out. Sometimes I, I work for the first two weeks, I travel for a week, and then I work for another week. Obviously, it's not set in stone. It depends on when the cheapest flight is. Because, again, you're a DN, you, your time is your own. So it's really, really, you know, it's easy to set up your schedule the way you want to do it. So I just do it the way I want to do it. So I've been, like I said, I'm going to Korea this weekend. This, uh, yeah, this weekend I'm moving. I'm going on Friday for 10 days. My mom's coming to visit as well. She loves Korean soap operas, so I'm taking her around. And oh, like I nice. said, I'm moving. I'm going to different country. Yeah, I'm going to a different country every single month. And that's just me. Like I've decided to go to a separate country every single time. Some people, what they do is that they'll just travel to the beaches and they'll just chill out on a beach for a week. Uh, some people, what they do is that they'll uh, go to a Vipassana meditation retreat, so they'll go to a silent retreat for 10 days. You know, so like I'm saying, it's very flexible. You decide what you want to do, and it is your trip. It is your life. No one gets to tell you how to, how to set up your life. And if someone does, then tell them to go away because it's not their business <laughs> at all. So you do whatever yeah. what and you want to do. And there's so many things that are set up to really make it possible and doable, especially, I mean, if you select the right places, and like you said, if you have easy access to airports and you can travel and it's, you know, the cost of living is, um, you know, it's fairly low so that you can afford to do that and have that lifestyle, then, you know, why not? What would really stop you from um, doing that? So, yeah, thank you for, you know, for showing us how doable it really is. No worries, and I really want to really hammer in the point that it is your life. And that's the reason DNs are so amazing. I think that's why we love them so much because they're truly living life on their own terms. And I want you guys to realize that it is possible for you as well. 
I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, you're fine. That's a that's an important point to make. I was just going to say, like, in terms of um, the objections that might come up, for example, so one of the things is, you know, traveling with with kids or traveling with somebody else. Can you speak a little bit yeah. about that in terms of just what you've experienced in that community, even just in Chiang Mai, um, as far as the, the options go for families? Like, is it even possible? What have you seen? Mm-hmm. I have actually been really lucky because I've met a lot of families with kids here, and so I'd be able to speak a little bit about that. First of all, there are amazing schools in Chiang Mai, specifically in Chiang Mai, but I know all over the place there's a lot of online schools that you can send your kids to as well. But if you're looking for a face-to-face experience, then there are a lot of schools here that are specifically geared towards the kids of Farangs, the foreigners. Um, so they teach you things that, they, that you'll need for a GED test or SAT or whatever it might be, right? So they're geared towards that. So you, if you're coming with children, obviously you'll have that space. A lot of people homeschool their kids. It's obviously, again, an option if you're interested in doing that. There's a lot of teachers here, obviously. There's a lot of foreigners who come here and work as teachers, and they, and they work as tutors. That's how they make their money. So you'll always be able to find someone who's going to be able to tutor your kid or teach your kid. Uh, there's a lot of nannies here as, as well who, who function as teachers and nannies. So you can find that as well. Obviously, they're so cheap here, so, you know, cost is never an issue. There's also, like I said, kids, what they do is that they will go to school online um, because they, you know, they work from home and their parents work from home and they just go to an online school. They move around all the time and they do their testing at a specific testing center around the country. So you can do it that way. In terms of children and Chiang Mai, the weather here is awesome. The food is really, really great and the water is really, really clean. So um, in terms of getting sick, I know a lot of people worry about that because children are more sensitive. I know a lot of kids mm-hmm. roaming around and they have no issues at all. Like they're really, I think they're healthier than kids back home because they're out in the open. You know, it's really safe and healthier. So I think that they're actually better off. Um, and you also, I think it's such a great thing because they get to meet all these kids from all over the world and they're already exposed to travel. They're already exposed to the DN life. They're already exposed to all of those things. I think they're going to become more resilient kids as a result of all of this learning. And I, if I mm-hmm. ever have kids, I would definitely, you know, take them around with me because I want them to learn about how it is to live in a different country and interact with cultures of all kinds. So in that regard, I hope that that helps because it is really, I guess, there's a lot of people who do this. They have kids and they move here, and it is one of the easiest things you can do. So I would, I would never use that as an objection at all. Okay, well, thank you so much. You're obviously brilliant at what you do because every time I ask you a question, you cover it like from all different angles. <laughs> so you've just given us so much great information. And this is something, I mean, this is my own personal journey with making sure that I'm structuring my life. And I've done this ever since I started my business because when I started out, that is exactly the type of lifestyle that, you know, that I, I wanted um, to have. And at the time, um, I just wanted to say this real quickly as well. This is, this is something that you have mentioned um, also, but when I first started out, um, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to travel, to have an online business so that I you know, could go anywhere. But, of course, I also had my daughter, so I had to make sure that in those plans that she was taken care of. And like you said, those experiences that you get as a child to be able to travel is just priceless. You cannot put a, you know, a price tag on that. So that's the kind of life that I wanted her to, to lead. But at the same time, I didn't know how to do that um, because, of course, with the school system and, you know, there's, there's all of these structures that we grow up with, and it's like, okay, how do you kind of overcome that? But the key for me was asking the right questions, was defining that, saying, okay, this is the kind of life that I want to lead. And I may not know the how, 
but what is the next step that I need to take to get it set up? And it actually just kind of fell into place. Like I didn't even go seeking. Um, you know, it wasn't like I was um, picking up the phone and, and trying to like scurry and figure things out. It just kind of came to me, this online school thing. And so my daughter's now in online school, and it does give us so much more flexibility. Like I don't even have to worry about um, if, she, if we have to travel for a few months at a time, we can do that. So I just wanted to put it out there because that is absolutely an option. And there are some really terrific online schools as well. So if that's a concern, there are so many different options that are available to people and to parents. Absolutely. So it's really exciting. So cheap. So it's just you can find amazing teachers for really, really cheap, at a really cheap cost. And so you're not really, if you're worried about your educa- the education of your kids, you really don't have to worry about that. They will be educated in, in more ways than one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely something to be said for that. I mean, that the education that they get in terms of life experience is just incredibly valuable. It's so much, I think, I mean, in my own personal experience, it's been a lot more valuable than simply just, a, you know, a classroom education, as much as that is great as well. But just having that balance between yeah. the two, I think, is um, is definitely something to consider for especially parents who want to give the, you know, their kids that experience but don't know how to make it work. There's absolutely options. There's, and now, I mean, in this day and age, mm-hmm. there's more and more options yep. that are, you know, that are available to people. So it's very exciting. Yes, it is. It's a great time to live and a great time to be alive yes. in. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about this um, already, um, Shika, as far, as far as like finding places to stay. So how were you, I mean, I know you talked about the group, and of course you made some really great connections in those groups to be able to help you, but how did you decide on, you know, the exact area to stay, and how did you navigate all that? Because of course there's certain things that needed to be lined up before you left um, to go to Chiang Mai. So can you talk a little bit about that, and maybe uh, help our listeners figure out how do they how do they take those steps and how do they figure that out? Absolutely. And actually, it's, like I said, it's really easy. But for me, the steps I took were I talked to at least 10 or 15 people who are already living in Chiang Mai. So you need to mm-hmm. really do that with the people who are actually living currently. Because I do have to say in Asian countries, rules and all of this stuff changes very frequently, depending on which country or which, sorry, which government is in power or what's going on at the time. So you do really need to be very current with the visa systems and, the, and, the, and all of the regulations. So you need to talk to people who are there right now because the regulations change very, very rapidly here, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I went and talked to a bunch of people, and they gave me a bunch of free advice. So they told me there are three areas you can live in Chiang Mai, and it depends on if you want to live in a very uh, Farang-situated area. So there's a lot of white people around. Do you want to live in an area where there's only locals around? Do you want to live in a mixed area? Do you want to live by the mountain? Do you want to live in a green area? Do you want to live in the city? So there's all these options, right? Like you choose what you want to do. Some people live in the jungle and they still have a great internet connection, but they want to live by themselves alone in nature. Some people like me, I love the city. I love people watching. So I live right in the middle of thick of things. I live right next to the main night bazaar. Other people, they've decided that they don't actually want to live in Chiang Mai, but they want to live in a smaller city. So they've moved to one of the islands. So they live on... Kolanta or Kosamui or Kofanyan, they have a lot of cool living, co-working spaces in these in these country in these islands, so you can live anywhere you want. And so mm-hmm. I asked a bunch of questions, and then I decided, okay, I'm gonna live in this area. When I decided that this is the area I wanted to live in, I went online, I found a real estate agent, and I messaged her, and I told her I'm coming on this date. I want you to show me around three or four apartments in this area in my price range, 
And that was it. And then when I landed, I booked an Airbnb for the first couple of nights. I was here on the Sunday, Monday morning. We went around to the real estate and she drove me around. We saw four or five different places. I picked the one I liked and I booked it. And that was as simple as that. Now, again, if you are the kind of person who wants a little bit more time, you can book an Airbnb for a first month, roam around on your own, walk around, talk to people. You don't have to get a real estate agent. There's a lot of people, a lot of condos. You can just walk in and say, I'm looking for a place. Do you have anything available? And you can book directly. So if you want, you can do it that way. A lot of people do it that way. You know, they book an apartment for a month and then they roam around uh, and find something on their own. If that's the kind of person you are, then do it that way. The reason I did it the way I did it is because time is valuable to me. I am not, I, um, for me, I want to spend my time doing the things I want to do. And walking around and, and searching for a place is something that I do not want to spend my time doing, especially in this heat. Yeah. So I decided I'll just let the real estate take care of it, and agent take care of it, and I can focus on what I like to do, which is write blog posts, do my, write my book, you know, all the things I want to do in my time. So it depends on you. You are the person who decides. What do you want to do with your time? If you want to spend it looking for the perfect apartment in the perfect area, do it that way. If you don't care about it, hire a real estate agent to do it for you. These agents don't take any fee from you. They only, they, so the, you're, all of this is free. The fee actually comes out from the person who's renting it out. So, again, it's free for you. So she drove me around all day long for free. The only thing was that I paid I pay rent over here, obviously. Um, and the fee for the real estate agent comes from, from the other person. So this way, I think it's a win-win situation for you. Um, so the apartment I chose is amazing. It's a studio apartment. It is. It costs about $500 a month, 500 Canadian. So that's about 420 U.S. dollars a month. And it is in a beautiful building, really clean. I've yet to see any bugs in this apartment except for little ants, which is very common here. So if you're not good with ants, don't move here. They're just all over the place. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and, and cockroaches and rats. I mean, you just have to realize you are moving to a developing country. You are not living in Canada, Europe, or Can- in the U.S. anymore. There will be bugs yeah. everywhere, and there will be rats right in front of you, and you just have to get used to the fact that it, they don't care. They're used to human beings. There's so many of them around that they're not going to be afraid of you. Just walk around it. Just ignore it. Just pretend you don't see it. Um, right. Yeah. So that's it. And so this is the apartment that I'm staying in. I love it. I actually booked it for six months right away because I don't want to be bothered looking again and again, moving back and forth. So uh, other people, what they do is that they do a month-to-month rental, and then they live here for a month or two, and then they move somewhere else, and they, they're always moving places. Uh, but you can do it that way again. Like It is you. You do what you want to do. If you want to move around all the time and figure out new places, live in different areas, do it that way. You can do month-to-month rentals here. They'll be more expensive than doing a six-month rental, obviously, or a year rental. The longer you rent for, the cheaper it gets, basically. Okay. Oh, that's really great advice. Um, and then with the, and I know you mentioned this um, prior to us getting on the air that you know you're open to to talking a little bit about the the financial side of that. So, what advice would you give people who are thinking about making the leap? And of course, one of the biggest concerns is financial. To make sure that they can kind of sustain that, that lifestyle and you know until they get their, their business to a point where they no longer are as concerned about that. So, what advice would you give people yeah. as far as like? what they should prepare for, maybe, you know, how many months of um, living expenses they should have before they move, you know, things like that. Again, I think that depends on the person. I am, I have to say out loud, I'm a princess. I need my luxuries. I live in a really nice apartment. I could have chosen a place that was 100 150 U.S. a month. I chose a place that's 490 So obviously there's a big difference there. Um, mm-hmm. 
But some people I know, they live on very little money every single month. They can survive on six to $700 a month, everything included. And so that is really, really cheap. For my expenses for me are, I think it's about $1,500 a month. That's Canadian. Um, so that would be around 1300 USD. And so it's, it's very high compared to the, the other people that are living here. So it depends on you. How, what kind of a person are you? Are, are, can you live in very shabby accommodations? I mean, they're still clean. They're just obviously not as luxurious as the place I'm, in, I'm living in. Or some other people actually live in even much fancier places like penthouses and all that. Um, so it depends on you. Do you do you want to eat street food? Like I eat street food all the time. I eat in all those stalls and I pay a dollar a meal. Some people want elaborate fancy meals and so they pay five, six dollars a meal. Again, nothing. It's not a big deal. It's not a big difference, but it depends on you. What do you want to do with your time in life? I love street food. I love looking at all these old ladies making their food right in front of me. I think it's fresher. It's, it's healthier. It's better for me. Um, so that's my choice. And what, do you, what are you going to do with your time? Are you going to spend all your time working or are you actually going to go to workshops? For me, I spend maybe a couple of hours a day working and the rest of my time is spent creating workshops, going to workshops, running workshops, talking to people, going on lunches, roaming around, people watching, writing my book. So it depends on you. What are you going to be spending your time and money on, right? So that's the reason I can't give you an exact amount of how much money you will need because it depends on the person. And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be like, this is how much you're going to need because I really believe it depends on what you're going to be doing with your time. For me, like I said, I spend $1,500 a month, but that's because I do a billion workshops. Every weekend, I'm doing a workshop on something different, maybe dance mandala or improv or watercolor mm-hmm. painting or creativity. So I'm always doing something with my time, always doing something with my money. I'm also the kind of person who only eats street food, but I will go out once a week for a nice meal in the city. There's a lot of good food here, a lot of great restaurants. Um, and I'm always roaming around. I love the, the green tea lattes here. Matcha green tea is very popular here. The coffee here is great because they grow it right next door in the mountains, so it's fresh and delicious. So I do spend time in coffee shops, drinking coffee, hanging out, working. So that is an added expense. So it depends on you. I mean, what are you going to do with your time here? And so, as I said, you can live here as little, on as little as six, $700 a month, or you can expand it to three, $4,000 a month, right? And okay. That so makes think sense. about what but your lifestyle is about. In terms of sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, once you decide on that lifestyle, say you, you, know, you do your research and you know kind of a ballpark on how much you're going to spend in rent, about how much you, can, you want to spend in food and all of those things based on your lifestyle, would you, like, what would be a good um, amount to, because I know a lot of people think in terms of, okay, so I need to have at least six months of living expenses saved up. Um, so is that kind of your, um, your thought or your philosophy, or what do you think about that? Like when somebody's getting ready to take that leap but they want to have, you know, some sense of financial security. They don't just want to go and say, okay, I have no money, but I'm just going to show up. Um, what would be a good time frame to kind of say, okay, so maybe I have six months of living expenses or one year or whatever, and that gives me enough of a cushion to be able to build my business and do other things? That's a really good point. And I would recommend six months is more than enough uh, because what I also want you guys to think about is do you want to give yourself a sense of urgency? If you have too much money uh, in your account and you have nothing to worry about, a lot of people end up doing nothing here. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, that's a wrong way to do things, but if you're going, coming to a different country and you're applying to become a DN, but you have enough money and it's so cheap here, you end up just spending all of your time getting up in the morning and drinking and partying. And if that's the way you want to live your life, that's totally fine. I'm not judging at all, I, I promise you. But if you're planning to become a DN, you need to start working right away. And 
I that's the reason when I moved here, I had I made sure I had very little money saved because I wanted to give myself that sense of urgency, that sense of I need to make money right now. What can I do? I want to start becoming creative. I started looking at all the different avenues, teaching English, becoming a nanny, all the different things I could have done. I looked at mm-hmm. everything because I wanted to make sure that I was covering all avenues. Obviously, it worked out really well because I started doing workshops based on my passion and I'm coaching and I'm, I'm doing all these amazing things that I love to do that are based on like, fulfilling me. So mm-hmm. I'm lucky that way and, you know, that's good. But I want you guys to create that sense of urgency. So have money saved up, but pretend like it's not there. I had money saved up. I had money in my account, but I pretend like I didn't have money at all. And I would work as if, like, I started working and I started doing things as if I had no backup. So I had to start making money and started being creative. I had to start hustling. I'm not saying, like, I worked like a crazy dog. I had my time off and all that. But I want you to think about it that way. Because if you have too much money saved up and you have no sense of urgency, there's a lot of people here who are retired, who have nothing that they want to do with their time. And they're literally at the bar at 10 a.m. in the morning drinking. And I just, I feel like that's Mm. such a unfulfilling way to live. They're bored. And I don't want you guys to be in the same boat. So create a sense of urgency by by creating a time and, you know, monetary urgency for yourself. Do something. Try everything. I tried everything. And this is where I settled down to doing these things. And this is not the the, the end. This is just the beginning. I'm probably going to keep on changing my life, my the way I'm making money. So, but I'm doing it because I have that sense of urgency. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. And I think that's actually a brilliant strategy because a lot of us, you know, myself included, have this, this idea. Um, and actually before I decided, before I even decided to leave my, the, my corporate job and start my own business, it was always this, you know, at the back of your head, you think, oh, I need to have the six-month cushion. But I think the point that you brought up is so brilliant because that almost, you know, it, it can also sabotage you because if you have too much of a cushion or sometimes you wait it out, you know, like the first few months, it's like, oh, yeah, I have, you know, I have time and you don't put in that sense of urgency and then it takes a lot longer to build on the back end of that. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. love it. That's brilliant. Very, very um, important point to make. Um, and then one of the other things I wanted to um, ask you, Shika, is in terms of, like, we've talked a lot about the challenges that you've had to overcome or the challenges that a lot of people face, a lot of them mindset-related. But what, is, what has been your biggest challenge to overcome when creating this DM lifestyle or DM lifestyle? My biggest challenge is not believing in myself. And I have to say, I mean, you might hear the passion in my voice and you, you feel like, you know, you, can, you see that, you know, you think in my, your head, you know, obviously this is what you're meant to be doing. But in my head, I'm still thinking I'm an imposter. And I, I'm still thinking, oh, Tim Ferriss can do it because he knows what he's doing. Or, I don't know, Robin Sharma can do it because he knows what he's talking about. But me, me, I'm just a boom shika. I'm just shika. What do I know? I'm just a lowly human being. Now, I don't want to say that this is, these are my thoughts all the time. I am obviously, I believe in myself and I do work and I do the things I need to do. I, I, I have that, obviously, courage. That's the reason I am here. But my biggest challenge has always been the imposter syndrome. I don't, I always think of myself as a nobody. And I, I'm, I'm always surprised that people actually want to talk to me and listen to what I have to say. I'm actually getting better at it, but that's always been my challenge. And I know that a lot of people who are high up and who are already successful are more successful than me, they have the same issue. It's this thing that we have inside of us that we don't believe that anyone's ever going to listen to us or they're all going to figure out that I am a complete fake and I have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is not mm. true, obviously. But it's something that I have to overcome on a daily basis. And conversations with people like you who really boost me up, it really helps because I realize, okay, yes, I do know what I'm talking about and I am helping people. 
And so it's a constant battle with myself, within myself. No, nothing else, no one else really matters to me. It's just me, me bringing myself down. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for being so open and honest about that because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening in that are kind of nodding their heads like, yeah, you know, that comes up for me too because it is so common. Like you said, you know, it's not something that we all kind of hide away and think, oh, this is, it's only me going through it because we all do. It doesn't matter how successful or whatever. We all mm-hmm. have those days where it's like, what in the world am I doing? <laughs> like, you know, uh, how am I here and what's going on? So, yeah, but then I think what makes you so stand out so much and what makes other people really admire you is that you, you do it despite the fear. You do it despite those thoughts and all of that. So that's really the key. And you mentioned some really important things that I wanted to kind of go back to for a second. When you talked about the work that you did in those six months, like you talked about, um, you know, the mindset work, so the affirmations and the visualizations, and you talked about doing yoga and all of those things, and I think they're so, every single one of those things, the meditation, everything, is so important to really strengthening um, your mindset and really, you know, getting you kind of in the, in the right um, state of mind to be able to take those giant leaps um, and get over the, the fear. So that makes, I think that really makes you so special because people can really look at you and go, wow, she's, you know, she's sharing exactly what it was that, uh, what it took for her to do this. And I can now see that it's possible for me and it's very doable. You know, you're making, and it's, that's what I, I love about your message is that it's so doable. You've not shared anything, um, you know, with us today where it's like, oh, that's, you know, Shika can do that, but I don't think I can. You've really broken it down mm-hmm. in a way where, People can see themselves through, you know, like in your shoes. So I think oh, that's I'm very so, valuable. I'm so glad that I was able to do that. I'm so glad. I actually just want to bring one point that you brought up, the 80-20 rule. So I want you guys to think about the 80-20 rule. Everything that you do has to follow the 80-20 rule. So 20% of time doing 80% of the things. In regards to self-development and self-help and all that stuff, you need to spend 80% of your time working on yourself and 20% of your time working on your business. That's how you kind of do it because the, the time that you spend working on yourself is actually time spent working on your business, but you're not really truly doing it directly. Most of us will spend maybe 99% of your time working on your business and maybe 1% of our time working on ourselves. And that's the reason mm-hmm. you don't get ahead. You need to switch it around. Switch around so you work more on yourself because the more you work on yourself, the better your business gets. Uh, that's what I've noticed oh, for myself at least. True. I yeah, that. I totally yeah. agree. And that's, it also lends itself to more creativity, so you can come up with, you know, better mm-hmm. ideas. You can work through your challenges a lot easier when you do it that way versus just being so kind of ingrained in the minutia of, oh, I have to figure this out and how am I going to do it? So, yeah, that's yeah. a really great point. I love that you pointed out the 80-20 because it, it is so applicable to, to this as well. Um, and so that's actually one of the things I wanted to find out um, from you is, a little bit more about on the business side of things. So your website is whatisyourfreedomnumber.com. Is that right? So that's, that's actually, it goes to my Facebook group, my main free private Facebook group, the Millionaire Hippie Club, where I share a lot of the stuff that I do, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just helping all the individuals on there. So that's my, that goes directly to that Facebook group. My main website is themillionairehippie.com, which is where I, I share okay. a lot of my blog posts and, and, my, and my coaching and all that. A lot of the stuff that I do online, um, I share because I, I want to share with the people my life. I, I think a lot of people think that this is something that they want to do, but when I actually share all the ingrains and minutia of it, they realize it's not really for them. And that's what I want people to realize is that this kind of lifestyle is not for everyone. 
it is challenging. I'm, I'm, I'm painting a picture for you guys. I love it. I love, love, love all of it. But it is a challenging lifestyle. You're not living in a first world country anymore. There's a lot of bribes mm-hmm. I pay on a daily basis. I mean, I am doing all these things, and I'm going around. I mean, it's hot. Some days I'm just like, I just want to sit in air conditioning all day long. I cannot deal with people. So there are days where you're kind of dealing with a, very ch- a lot of challenging items. There'll be cops will come up to you randomly they're like, no, you cannot do this here. And there are no rules against it, but they're just, you know, I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, so there's things like that will happen on a daily basis. Again, it's a great country. I love it here. I love this country. The people are awesome. So I'm not saying anything bad, but it is developing countries. It is not Canada. It is not the U.S. It is not Europe. There are differences here. And I really want you guys to realize the differences sometimes get to people. And I see a lot of people fighting against it. You cannot fight against the system. So if you're not happy mm. with it, if you can't let it all go, you cannot move here. And a lot of people come here for a few days and they hate it. And they go back home and tell people that Chiang Mai is crap. It's not. I don't want you guys to think that way. It is a great city, but some people are not meant to live in this kind of environment. Some people are. So I really want you guys to be careful of that. If you are planning to move here, realize that this is, you're moving to a different country. You have to adapt to their culture. They're not going to adapt to you. You are the yeah. outsider. And I want you guys right. to realize that fact. Yeah, and also going going in with you know eyes wide open. So doing your research, talking to people who have lived there, getting the the ins and outs, and you know following people like you who are now you know who are living that lifestyle, who are living there, who experience it day to day, and getting you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because you've got to be well informed um, for you to be able to to be as prepared as possible when you get there, so that you don't feel like you've spent all of this time and effort in making the move just to turn around and go, oh, okay, this is not for me. I'm out. You know, I'm done. So, yeah, that's a yeah. that's a great point. And that comes from, you know, I think this is something that you mentioned earlier, surrounding yourself with the right people. So asking the right mm-hmm. people questions that are really going to help you to make those decisions, those really tough decisions that you need to make. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Great. Just ask questions, be curious, and just keep an open mind. Just, you know, you are a traveler now. If you're going to be a DN, you're basically a traveler. You're, you have no specific, you're a gypsy. So you have a specific spot that you're putting roots down in. And so you just have to realize that you just have to stay open to everything that's going on around you. Just be open. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I was very intrigued by, and I know you have two separate websites, but this freedom number is something I think that caught my attention, which is why I, um, yeah. I had this question for you. So I'm curious about what is this? What, when you say freedom number, what does that mean? And also, um, can you talk a little bit more? Because I think the passive income plays into this as well and your, your website and your business. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that, you know, that part of your business? Of course. So the reason I actually point out the freedom number and that's the reason I use that website is because most people believe, like I've said, that they need to be millionaires or billionaires in order to live this lifestyle. Or they need a lot of money. They have this artificial number in their head that they think that they need in order to live in these countries or they, they need to move to uh, a different country. And, you know, these ideas that people have about money specifically. And I actually, mm-hmm. the first thing I make people do when, I'm a co- when, I'm, when I have a client is find out what their freedom number is. And that number is going to be different for every person. For me, because I, I, I do spend a little bit more money, it's a higher number. For other people, it might be a lower number. And that number specifies what you need, how much money you need in order to survive every single month. And this is a number that is, you know, it is based on all the different travel that you want to do, all the different things that you want to do, all the workshops, all the food that you're going to eat. It's a number that is going to tell you, this is how much money I need to make in, our, in my business in order to be able to move around all the time. 
for me, that number is 10,000. And I've actually calculated it. I've put on everything into it, all the travel I want to do, all the different places I want to go eat at, all the workshops I want to do, all of that. That is 10,000. It's Canadian, so that's 8,000 USD a month. And that's, that's a not month. what I'm making right now. Sorry? That's a month? Yes, that's a month. So that's not okay. what I'm making right now, but that's what I aspire to. Right now I'm making, like I said, 1500 a month. Um, and so that number changes, like I said, for every person. So what I do is I make people calculate it out. And a lot of people are actually surprised at how little they need in order to survive every single month. Most people think they need to be you know, making six figures, nine figures, whatever it might be. You do not mostly need that much money in order to especially live in these amazing countries that we want to live in. If you, even if you want to live in Toronto, which I do live half of the year in Toronto, I still need a certain amount of money. I need less than what I actually think I need. Uh, because when you're living the kind of life that, you know, is very fulfilling, you actually, don't, you actually spend up, end up spending less money on crap, I mean, on, on stuff. And you end up yeah. spending a lot of money on the thing, on experiences and things like that that, you actually, matter, that actually matter to you. Right. So that's the freedom number. And the passive income thing is that a lot of people, and specifically for me, a lot of my income actually is going to come from rental income. So I have properties that I rent out. Uh, like I said, I have two mortgages, so I have two properties that I rent out, and that income actually sustains half of what I, of my daily expenses, of my monthly expenses. And I'm going to keep on increasing that because eventually I want to have my rental income cover all of my expenses and then do my online business, obviously, do coaching, but I want to do that because I have fun with it. Um, exactly. Again, that's not something that everyone's passion, to, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. I feel like when you start <laughs> focusing on your passion, you start you know, putting so much pressure on it, it's not fun anymore. If you're using it as a source of income, it kind of becomes boring and dull. I guess my opinion, mm-hmm. again, is, is different for every person. Obviously, it does not matter what you really do with your time. It's you who decides. And so passive income, is that's one of my main things. Like I, I want to build a membership site so I can help people become free. And that's going to be a recurring source of passive income and then rental income. And then obviously, like I said, I'm doing coaching. I do a lot of workshops here on creativity. Uh, and so all of that, all of that income passes and all of that builds my income. And that's the reason I think the DN ship is such a great way of doing things because you have not only one source of income, but you have six or seven. And so if one dies out, you're not worried because something else is going to take its place. When you have a nine to five job, you only have one source of income. And so if that dies down, which happens a lot nowadays, then what do you do? You're stuck. You have nothing else to look forward to and you're worried and you and it's, it's scary. But, but as, a, as a DN, I, I, most people I know here don't only have one business, but they have several different sources of income. And if they don't, if those all fall, they'll still be able to make money by teaching English or um, becoming a nanny or I don't know. They'll do anything to make money because they're resourceful and they're adaptable. That's how I want you guys to start thinking that you need to start making sure that you are just, you're just open to anything. If something fails, you go on, try something different. If that doesn't work, you go on, try something different. Just always trying something new. Just being willing to fail and try as much as possible. And that's what's going to make you successful. Absolutely. Yeah, I could not have said that better. I mean, that is such that is really the key to success. I mean, you've got to be prepared to fail and then, you know, learn from that, pick yourself up, go, you know, keep going, or maybe switch directions or whatever it is, but just keep moving forward mm-hmm. and, and not be, exactly. you know, not be closed off to, to opportunities and to things that might come your way. So... That is great. I love it. So 
I want to also talk a little bit about, because there's so many facets to who you are and, you know, what you really bring to your clients and just to people that you meet. And you're just an amazing, you know, such a fascinating person. So one of the other aspects that um, you touch on on your website and on your online presence is being um, spiritual, you know, and your spirituality yeah. and, and how that plays into being a digital nomad and, uh, of course, your uh, millionaire hippie club and all of that. So tell me about that aspect of who you are and how that ties into what you do. So it's interesting because when people talk to me, I am obviously very much a DN and I love working. I love making money. I think money is energy and I want more of it. I, and I, I, you know, I'm, I am very much a millionaire kind of mindset person. So they always are surprised mm-hmm. to figure that I'm very spiritual on the side as well because they think that it's mutually exclusive. Like one exists, but you can't have the other together with it. And I think it's absolutely mm-hmm. false. I can be rich and I can make money and I can still be very spiritual. And I want people to realize that because just because I'm spiritual doesn't mean I need to live in a hovel and I need to uh, wear no shoes or do all that stuff. You know, I just, I think that's absolutely yeah. false. So I am extremely spiritual I believe in the universe. I believe the universe is sending me signs and signals. I'm very open. I meditate every single morning. I am really, really open to manifesting things. I'm a great manifester. I can talk about something and manifest it tomorrow. Um, I'm always talking about chakras, and I'm always interested in energy systems, auras. I do a lot of really, really weird, fancy stuff. I mean, I'm always into a lot of interesting things. I go to Tantra Yoga, like I said. I do dance mandala. So I have that facet to me where I am extremely hippie-ish. So I, I do all those things. It does not mean that I'm going to do only that and I don't know how to make money with it. So I, I do all those things. I'm spiritual. I'm open. I, I let the universe work for me. You know, I believe in effortlessness. And I also do the work that's necessary on the side of it. So I, I get up every morning. I meditate. And then I do my work. I, I do the things I need to do. I write I do my workshops, I do my coaching sessions, I create my podcast. You know, I do all the different things that are necessary for my business to grow. And that's the reason I think it's really interesting for me to, to live in this world because as a corporate being, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have been spiritual and made money at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Because they're all about money. And so it, that was, it was a really hard thing for me to live in the corporate world because I had to kind of suppress that part of me and pretend I wasn't spiritual, whereas I'm extremely spiritual. And now I can be really, really spiritual. I can talk about the universe. I can talk about surrendering to the universe. I can talk about meditation. No one's going to think I'm crazy. They'll actually ask me questions about it. And that's the kind of life I want to live. I want to be a whole, complete, authentic human being. I don't want to suppress any parts of me. I want to have all of it come forth and come towards everyone that I meet. I I, I hope that kind of clarifies, yeah. Yeah, no, you're onto that perfectly. And really, that's who you're attracting into your life, right? People who are aligned with you. Like you said, mm-hmm. now people ask questions about it, and they're curious, and you have opportunities to share and to help other people on their spiritual journey and really discover these new things for um, for themselves. So it's and, – and I really like your approach to it, you know, to the whole thing. I mean, it's so holistic. Like, you don't leave anything out. You bring all of you to help your clients and to really support them in every way that you can. So I think that that makes you very, very unique in, in what you do um, and also adds to that level of passion that you have because you are really like all in. You know, every aspect of you is really all in to the work that you do and you're also walking the talk. You know, you're, you've already done this. You um, are just making a go of it and really living that lifestyle. So I think that says a lot um, for you, especially like from someone, you know, from the outside looking in. It's like, 
you know, absolutely, I need to talk to, to Shirka because she's the person. She's doing this. She has the passion. She obviously is very, um, you know, knowledgeable and helpful, and she's she's doing it. So who else would I want to talk to? <laughs> so, yeah, that comes across <laughs> very strongly. So when you're aligned, it just it becomes almost effortless, uh, effortless, like you were talking about earlier. Yes, yes, I absolutely agree. It's just you shine through. I think. I mean, I feel like I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to, you know, hide parts of myself. I I am who I am. If you don't like it, then, you know, you don't have to talk to me. And I'm more than happy to only talk to people who actually align with my message. And that, that's how I want to live my life. It's so much easier than forcing things to happen to people who don't really care about what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Right. So as we wrap up, uh, Shika, and this has been so fascinating, I can probably talk for a lot longer on this. <laughs> but <laughs> as we wrap up, can you tell us a little bit about what is next for you, so where do you see yourself going, and you know what are your visions for this life that you're creating? Absolutely, and you know I'm always like I said I'm not the kind of person who plans out way out in the future because I've made plans and they always fall through and I never actually end up doing what I do. But right now, what I'm thinking and this might change, so I don't want you to hold me to it. But I've, <laughs> what I what my what I really want to do is I want to create a, a private membership club for my uh, for my true fans, for the people who are my followers, people who actually care about my, my message, who want to live the way I live, um, and who are interested in living and aspiring to a better life, to the kind of life that DNs live, you know, the free, authentic life. And so I want to create a private membership club, and I'm just doing all these different things. I'm just working on all the different things I do right now, building my following, building my membership. And as soon as I have enough momentum I'm going to bring, build this membership club and it'll have weekly calls with me and you know, I'll be basically a mentor of sorts or a coach or whatever you want to call it, a facilitator of this group. And again, this is just an idea in my mind. I'm doing a lot of different things right now, so I'm keeping my mind open to it. It'll happen. It might not happen. I'm not really worried about it. I just know that I'm living life to the fullest right now and I'm just grateful to be alive. I'm so grateful and I just am so happy that more and more people are interested in this lifestyle because I really truly believe that it helps you live in the way that you want to live exactly the way you want to live in every single aspect. I mean, I'm doing everything that I want to do in every single way possible, and that wasn't possible for me before. So I really wanted to bring this to more and more and more people. I don't know what the future holds. This is something that I'm thinking about, but I know I'm writing a book right now and I'm, I'm creating video courses and all that stuff. So We'll see, you know, what happens with it. I just know that I am absolutely fulfilled right now, and I'm just so grateful to be alive. Oh, that's incredible. And I can't wait to see where this whole journey takes you. I mean, there's just so much more um, to come, for sure. And so I also want to invite people who are listening in to, to follow you, to join your group. And is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Like maybe give us uh, or tell us how, how to join your Facebook group and um, your website and just any, any other way that people can get in touch with you. Thank you for this. Um, like I said, I'm my Millionaire Hippie Club, which is my online Facebook group. Um, it's at whatsyourfreedomnumber.com, and my website is themillionairehippie.com. I'm always looking to hear from everyone. If you are interested, you can email me. I'm really open to it. My email is boomshaka at themillionairehippie.com. If you have any questions, email me. I'm always open to answering questions. I'm always open to hearing from people. If you have anything specific you want to ask me that you can't ask on air or you know, that's something really specific to you, email me, ask me questions. I'm here to help. I want to help you in any shape or form. I know there's a lot of blocks people have. And if 
you know I'm here and I'm doing it. And I'm not special in any way. I really, really am not special in any shape or form. I'm doing this because I love to do it. And I know you can do it too. So if you have any questions, email me anytime. Boom Shaka at TheMillionaireHippie.com. Seriously, I'm keeping it open to you guys. Um, I want you to ask me questions because as soon as you get rid of those blocks, you'll be able to live the life that I'm living. And I want you to be able to do that. So do this, please. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you, you're so helpful, even in your group as well. So I would really encourage people to go into your website, to join your Facebook group. And you've got, I mean, an incredible following um, on your Facebook group. I think there's well over 1,000 members right now, right? Um, and that's, yes. that is really impressive. There's a lot for who you are and the message that you bring to the world and the fact that people really see the value and are getting so much out of it. So I would highly encourage our listeners to join the group. Um, again, that group is at um, millionairehippie.com, right? That will take them to the Facebook yeah. page? Okay. Yeah, um, and will. then, yeah, definitely get get in touch with, uh, with Shikha if you have any uh, any questions um, at all. And so as we wrap up, is there, are there any, you know, like closing thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners, Shikha? I would say just, just take the leap. Just do it. Stop thinking about all the different blocks, all the different reasons, all the excuses that you can't do it, and just do it. Just move the country just for a month or two. Try it out and see how it feels. As soon as you move here, most people actually come to Chiang Mai for a week or two and end up staying here for in their entire lifetime. So it's the kind of country that actually pulls you in and actually is the country that a lot of people actually end up living in. And I'm not saying just staying about Chiang Mai. In general, there's a lot of places like that around the world. But you just have to actually take that first step. Just, just do it. And as soon as you do it, it's going to seem so easy that you wonder why you didn't do it sooner. So I just recommend take the leap. Just jump. Jump into the abyss and just forget about everything else. <laughs> yeah, and it will all work out. And like you said, you also made a really good point with that. If you don't like it, you can always leave. You know, there's nothing, nothing yeah. is completely set in stone. It's, like, it's not like if you make the decision, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. You always have options. So there's really, you know, if that's what you envision and that's what you feel is going to be right, then absolutely. And with, with someone like Shrika helping you and, uh, you know, answering questions for you and just being there as a support um, and maybe other groups that you find, there's really there's so much support out there to, um, to help make that move if that's, you know, that's kind of where you're leaning. So I love that. Thank you. And one of the quotes that, that I found um, as I was preparing for the show is by uh, Brenna Smith, and she's the founder of an organization called She Now. And this is what she says about travel. She said it's the best way to be lost and found at the same time. And I really, I, love I mean, that. that just, <laughs> yeah, it really stood out to me. And I was like, wow, okay. It's just it's such a beautiful message. The best way to be lost and found at the same time. So, yeah, if you're searching for, you know, you want to get more in touch with yourself and just explore and, and all those things, this is just a really great avenue for you to check out. So thank you so much again, Shrika, for your time. Um, thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared and your incredible energy and just your passion for helping um, everyone, helping the audience and just um, just everyone. So thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. I, I know you were very open and honest um, with us, and uh, I, that is very hard to find. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. So if anyone would like to reach me, you can contact me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at com, and my website is com.
www.thelovelyhealthcoach.com. Um, all my social media links can be found on my website. So thank you again to my special guest, and thank you all for listening. And I hope to hear from you soon. And I will definitely be in touch, Sugar. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.